Good evening and welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. And tonight our topic is the Relox Therapy, and our guest is its creator, Dr. Bruce Rind. Dr. Rind is a holistic physician located in Washington, D.C., with over 30 years of experience. He is a board-certified anesthesiologist and also certified by the American Board of Holistic Medicine. He is also trained in osteopathy and is an assistant professor at the Howard University College of Medicine. So I'll jump right into the questions. What exactly is the Relox procedure? The Relox procedure is a technique which I developed to help restore brain function in brains that have been damaged. I actually came across it quite accidentally. I didn't set out to design a technique to reverse brain injury. It just happened. What happened is that I had a patient that was a CIA agent and had been involved in a high-speed chase and I flipped over a few times and he came in and he was badly injured. He had bruises. He was knocked about and he said to me, I need to get well quickly and I don't have a lot of time. I really need to get right back to what I'm doing. And I said, I'll see what I can do for you. And I thought about it. And at that time, I was working with somebody that was doing hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I was very busy. My schedule was completely booked up. And I couldn't see him that day or the next day. And I said to him, why don't you uh, go and have uh, this hyperbaric therapy until we can get started? And he thought, well, that would be a good idea. So we called up the hyperbaric. That guy was completely booked up, too. So... He came back to me and says, I'm very disappointed. He said, I can't get the hyperbaric. And uh, I said, well, I'll see what I can do for you. He said, yeah, but I really have my heart set on it. And I said, well, I'll see what I can do. So I said to him, you know what? There is a intravenous IV that I use. And what I'll do is I'll give it to you and see if that will help relax some of your tight muscles and help you out. So he said, well, I really have my heart set on this oxygen after you talked me into it. And I thought, well... I'll just sacrifice my little tank of oxygen. I said, I'll give you oxygen by mask. So I give him the oxygen by mask, and I give him this IV. Originally, it started off as a, called a Myers push, but I had modified it uh, significantly, and I modified the way it's given, and I gave it along with the oxygen, and the guy received it, and it was on Friday. I said, I'll see him on Monday. So he comes in on Monday, and he said to me, Doc, can I just have another one of those IV pushes you just gave me? And I said, well, why? Uh, what's going on? And he said, all my pain is gone except a little twinge right here. And <laughs> he says, I just feel great. He said, I think if I had one of these shots, I'd be done. I thought, wait a minute. This is, I've never had such a good response. I said, okay, enough. So I'm giving it to him. And he said, make sure I get the oxygen. I said, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I gave him the oxygen. Having, being an anesthesiologist by training, I uh, was able to jerry-rig it to give him 100% oxygen. He had the injection, and as he's receiving it, he said to me, oh, by the way, my knees have been bothering me for many, many years. And he said, after you gave me that shot, he said, they don't hurt anymore. So I thought to myself, whatever I just concocted is uh, <laughs> different than anything I've ever seen, and really made a big difference because I'd used that uh, technique that I had developed so the modified Myers, I've used it for a number of years and never had that good a response with it. So I thought, interesting. And I didn't give it much thought. A few days later, another patient came with a back pain, 
and I don't like to just take on patients if I don't know that I can help them. And I didn't know if I can help this guy. I said to him, come, let me take a look at you, and if I think I can help you, then I'll, I'll help you. He came down, and I put my hands on the guy and felt him. I have osteopathic training, so it's very easy to feel where it's tense, where it's not, what's moving, what's not. And I said to him, did you know that half the muscles in your back are weak? And he said, yeah, I had a stroke. I forgot to tell you. If you have a stroke, I think what you really probably would want is chelation therapy. I happen to know somebody that lives closer to where you live. He can do that for you. And I sent him, I gave him an address of a doctor that does it, and he went on to do it. Two weeks later, he shows up in my office again. I said, what happened? He said, I tried it, but apparently I had some kind of a ill response to it. So he said, uh, can you work with me? And I thought to myself, well, what can I do for this guy? And, I, and then I realized, you know, I used this other idea and this other guy, and it was a super-duper one-two punch. And I decided, well, we'll do it again. So I gave him the same concoction with oxygen. I just finished buying another little tank. Jerry rigged it to give him 100% oxygen. Gave him the uh, treatment, and I noticed that he had 33% of strength. In other words, the grip and the good hand was about 100 pounds, and the grip in the weak hand was 30 pounds. So after I did this with him, I said, you know what, let's see if your muscles uh, have relaxed, if they're any better, and so on. So I checked them out, and lo and behold, the grip in the weak hand was up to 60. So I thought, well, that's very interesting. I said to him, you know what, why don't you come back again tomorrow, and let's see what happens. So I came back the next day, and I gave him another shot. And when I rechecked him, the grip in the strong hand was about 110, and the grip in the weak hand was up to 90. I then gave him another shot the next day, and both hands ended up at 120. I thought to myself, this is really, really interesting. But just a fluke, though. I thought to myself, okay, very interesting, but maybe it's a fluke. You know, I didn't think much of it. And a week later, another patient came in, and this was the lady, an 82-year-old lady, that was a stroke in evolution. She had started to develop symptoms about a week earlier of losing her ability to swallow, losing her ability to sleep, then finally losing her ability to speak, and then, uh, you know, half the face became paralyzed. I spoke to her daughter. I said, she's developing a stroke. And uh, the daughter said, well, you know, we just had an MRI, and the MRI was clean, so the neurologist said he doesn't think it's a stroke. I said, this is a stroke. She said, well, can you do anything about it? And my first impulse was, well, no, I don't do strokes. And then I thought, wait a minute. I said to her, a week ago, I just had this fellow that I just treated with this new concoction of mine, and he had a stroke, and he reversed. Maybe it'll help her. So they decided, let's go for it. I plugged her in and to the oxygen and uh, gave her the IV, and the first injection I gave her, she went home looking the same, but then her daughter called me the next day and said, Mom slept all night for the first time since this started happening. So I said, bring her in and we'll try again. She came, brought her in again. I gave her another shot. I get another call. Mom is able to swallow. Then came uh, another time, and she was uh, she started to be able to speak came in another time, and a little more, a little more, a little more, and then on the seventh IV, I noticed that she was moving both eyebrows, because I kept asking her, move your eyebrows, smile, you know, sort of, 
She was able to move both eyebrows as I was giving her the injection. And I said, smile, and she gave me a full smile, stick out her tongue, it was midline. And there she was. She was complete. And after that, she had a full reversal. I didn't have to do anything anymore with her. So I thought to myself, gosh, maybe I'm onto something. The next person walks in with a stroke, I'm going to have a camera ready. So sure enough, a couple of weeks later, another fellow comes in. This was John, and I videotaped him. And I tried to condense it because uh, I put it on my website, so I made it a 30-second tape. And basically, you watch him get up from a sitting position. He's having a very hard time. And after the relax, you watch him get up, and it's effortless. And he says in a video, gee, I'm surprised, because <laughs> he didn't expect it. Well, neither did I. I didn't expect it that much that fast, but it was a very nice occurrence. So he's on my uh, website, that little video, 30-second uh, video. And that's the first one that I ever did on tape. Since then, I had many, many tapes of patients. The second tape that I had on my website, actually, is another lady that I treated, and she also had a stroke and had to retire. She couldn't walk without falling, and she couldn't write, and just had a very difficult time in general. She did very, very well, and I show her on that tape, too. She was part of a little study that I did. It's evolved. It keeps getting better and better. I keep on finding new methods, new techniques to modify it and explore different ways of giving it, different uh, combinations of uh, It's all nutrients. It just keeps on improving. So necessity really is the mother of invention in this situation. It was, but you know what it is? It's, I, I, I don't want to sound you know, arrogant, but you know, the old saying, chance favors the prepared mind. I was very lucky that I happened to be in the right place at the right time. I happened to have had the anesthesiology training, which made me very familiar with giving IV injections, techniques, titrations, etc. And much of the skill that I was using with the IV came from that. The other thing that I had training in was in nutritional therapies, and that came in very handy for this one. And third, by coincidence, the, the other skill that I needed in order to be able to see this was my training in osteopathy, because... As I found out later, what was very obvious to me with my osteopathic training was invisible to my MD colleagues. My colleagues, my good friends that I work with, when I tried to show them the results, they couldn't see it. And I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized, you know, you say to somebody, raise your arm and it goes up 135 degrees and then you give them the shot, and the next time it goes up to 170 degrees. And you say, wow, look at that. Can't you see it? And the answer is, see what? See, what? There was just an increase of 35 degrees. <laughs> and the answer is, how do you know? You didn't measure it, uh, you know, with a goniometer or anything. You know? So the osteopathic training was invaluable. I would never have seen what I saw without it. I would never have made a measurement, and after giving me that first shot, he would have said, well, I still have my back pain, nothing's changed, okay, go home, have a good life. And I would have missed it. But because I was able to see it, because I was able to observe it, and I was just lucky that I happened to have the three areas of training, the osteopathy, anesthesiology, and nutritional therapy. I think it's a gift from God. You know, just the right patients walked in at the right sequence for me. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health 
is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. What is the Relax Therapy designed to do? I mean, is it bringing back dead cells or? I'll tell you what it does. It's very interesting because when I was doing this, I remember I was bringing back stroke patients from neoparalysis to virtually normal function. And if the brain tissue were dead, I figured it's not going to happen. And I also figured it's not happening because of new generation or regeneration of nerves because it takes way too long for a nerve to grow and divide and so on and so forth. I was seeing results within 20 minutes of the injection. It has, just like when you see John on the video, he could barely get up from a chair and 20 minutes after the injection, he's getting up effortlessly. That is not new neurological growth. That is something else going on. And what I figured was going on was that you had areas of dormant cells which were alive but not functional, and you're simply juicing them up. You're waking them up. I decided to test that out. I had a patient come in with a stroke. I said to him, would you like to have a SPECT scan? It's a uh, very low-level radiation, like an X-ray or less. It's a dye that's injected intravenously, and it has an affinity for the brain. And you can see which cells are taking up how much of this sugar. So the cells that are very, very active are going to take up a lot, and the cells that are not active are going to take up little, etc., etc. Cells that are dead are going to take nothing. So you end up with an image that looks like a three-dimensional image of the brain, and where the area is not taking up any dye at all, any of the solution, you end up with what looks like a hole in it. Now, if you make the lens, the electronic lens, less sensitive, it'll pick up only the areas of the brain that are really highly active, but the ones that are less active will appear invisible. That's a way of changing the lens, the electronic lens. And what happens is that the hole seems to get bigger and bigger. In other words, by changing this uh, lens, you might say, around to be more sensitive and less sensitive, you're actually zeroing in on parts of the brain that are more active and less active, and then it became very clear that what we're dealing with is an area surrounding the dead brain tissue, the infarct, and that area that surrounds it is alive but not very functional, and the further away you get from the infarct, the more functional it becomes. So the, you can literally dial it in and watch the hole become smaller or bigger in that brain uh, section. The area that is surrounding the infarct, which is alive but not functional, is called the ischemic penumbra. Ischemia means less blood flow. And, of course, the penumbra is the shadow. The closer you get to the infarct, the stronger that shadow or the lack of function becomes. So I was doing that, and I remember there were conferences. There was one being held at Harvard where they were arguing about, does the ischemic penumbra exist? And I'm thinking, here I am working with it, and these guys are arguing, deciding, does it exist or doesn't exist? I knocked on their door. I called, I called, and I couldn't get any answers. It took another nine or ten years before I was invited to Harvard to make a presentation to their neurology department 
about this technique. But it takes a long time to to get anybody to hear you or to listen. One of the problems is that it is so different and so new that most people have a hard time stepping out of their box in which their paradigm lives and exploring another paradigm. Because everybody knew up until that time that a stroke can't be reversed. They are able to reverse it after a few hours, but not after a few days or years. And the longest time that I've had between stroke and reversal, complete reversal, is 20 years. You know, you can make advances in medicine as long as there's small steps, but if something big, you know, think about what happened when the guy discovered hand-washing as an important event or, or germs, you know. The first time that, that germs were introduced was considered pure quackery. Right now, the only place patients can receive the relax treatment is at National Integrated Health Associates in Washington, D.C., correct? That is correct. The website is nihadc.com. And if you want to see the videos, it's on my website, drrin.com, D-R-R-I-N-D.com. And if you go to the blog section, they see the videos. They could get all the information on it. I think I'll have that on the NIHA uh, website soon. Unfortunately, nobody else has it available yet. I am hoping to be able to spread this around soon. And right now, we're working on getting some approvals for this. As soon as I can get those approvals, I can actually go about sharing this with the rest of the medical community, which I would love. I'd love to have this in every office. By the way, the first time that I did this was with strokes, but frankly, it works with uh, traumatic brain injury. It works with just such as the IEDs that you get, uh, you know, from Iraq, you know, all these brain injuries and soldiers that are exposed to bombs, you know, you have concussions. They have some loss of function. It works phenomenally well for that. And I've had some uh, some soldiers where I've uh, treated and with virtually complete reversal of the of the injuries. I have to actually uh, do some kind of uh, study you know, or something to show the military. I actually at one time had offered the military in every way that I possibly could. It, it went up as high as the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff and uh, as high as the uh, Surgeon General's office. I sent them videos, I sent them all the information, and I said, please give this to our troops. And I said, I don't want a penny from it. I'm not asking for anything. I will teach your doctors how to use it. Just do it for them. And they did not want to talk to me. I'm Look, I'm just very partial to our armed forces. I believe very strongly in giving back. And these guys have given more than their share, more than anybody should ever have to give. And whatever we can do, we need to, to, to really get back. Dr. Rand, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me about the Relax Therapy tonight. Anyone wanting to learn more about this process should check out the website at www.nihadc.com or Dr. Rind's website at www.drrind.com. That's drrind.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back next week with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. 
Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.